As we continue our consideration of reading and understanding the Bible, the question comes, how does God communicate with us today in the 21st century? In this week's podcast, Eric Lyons explains how God has communicated to his people in times past and how God has said he will communicate the gospel in the times following the church's establishment and the passing of the apostles. From smoke signals to the Pony Express, from railway mail to Samuel Morris's code and telegraph system invented back in the 1800s, communication has come a long way. There have been a variety of communication methods throughout the centuries. I can remember how much communication changed just in the last 20 years. I can remember as a, as a child growing up in Oklahoma going to visit my grandmother in southwestern Missouri, picking up a phone, and I would pick it up to dial an uncle or an aunt or a friend or someone, and someone would be speaking already on the phone as I picked it up. And it wasn't someone in that house, it was a neighbor because my grandmother shared phone lines with some of her neighbors. Communication has changed a lot. I can remember the price of communication via telephone being pretty expensive back 20 or 30 years ago. I can remember how rarely my family used to make long-distance phone calls. Some of you may remember from time to time getting a tape recorder down and putting a tape in it and pressing record and then recording a message for 20 or 30 minutes and sending that through the mail. And believe it or not, my family did that. I remember when my oldest brother went off to college, we would communicate to him occasionally through a tape that we would make and he would get to listen to and we would ship it to him. Well, that was because state-to-state -state calls used to be so expensive and today they're not near that expensive. You can go and get a phone card and maybe you can get a deal where you pay three cents a minute from state-to-state -to, -state to make phone calls long distance. I can call my dad when he is in Russia doing mission work for 20 cents a minute now, whereas in days gone by it might have cost me $20 per minute. I can remember when I went into uh, my freshman year of college, not too many years ago, having never, never heard of the internet, did not know what email was, had never used it before. We didn't use it in the high school that I attended, and then went off to college and still had never heard of it my freshman year. And then as the years progressed in uh, my collegiate career, I began to learn about the internet. I began to write emails, and now many of us email friends or colleagues or we uh, get on the internet and use that on a daily basis, some of us on an hourly basis. Communication has changed drastically through the years. If I took a poll of hands of those here today or those watching this DVD, most of you probably have a cell phone and yet 10 or 15 years ago it seems that very few people had cell phones. Mankind has communicated in a variety of ways throughout the centuries. In recent times, it seems that the methods of communication have multiplied in the variety of ways that you can do that. I understand that a lot of younger people especially text message each other on a regular basis. I have never text messaged anyone in my life. I wouldn't know how to do that, and I have a cell phone. So we see how it's changed just in the last 20 or 30 years. When you go back to the days where people might communicate with smoke or they might communicate with flags going up and down on a pole, you realize how they change and how it has changed through the centuries. Man has communicated in a variety of ways. Well, the same thing goes with how God has communicated with people in the past. God communicated with His creation in a variety of ways. 
He's communicated directly to individuals. He's communicated through angels. He's communicated through dreams. He's communicated through visions. Consider how in the book of Genesis chapter 2 we read where God directly spoke to Adam saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the, of the uh, knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. He spoke to him directly. A few chapters later in your Bible you can read where he spoke to Cain directly, asking him, Where is Abel, your brother? You can turn to Genesis chapter 6 and see where he directly spoke to Noah, telling him to prepare an ark of gopher wood. It's an amazing thought to think about God directly communicating to man. You can continue to turn page after page in your Bible and see where God communicated to Abraham directly in Genesis chapter 12 or in Genesis chapter 15 where God communicated to Abraham through a vision or turn over a few more chapters and see where God communicated to Abraham's grandson Jacob through a dream. Exodus chapter 3, God communicated to Moses from a burning bush. He communicated the Ten Commandments to Moses, even wrote them with his own finger, the Bible tells us. We can look at the days of Samuel, how the word of the Lord was rare in those days. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, there was no widespread revelation, the Bible tells us. But even in those days, God directly spoke to Samuel. In the New Testament, we can see where God communicated to Mary through the angel Gabriel. And before that, he had communicated to the father of John the baptizer, and that is Zacharias, through the same angel Gabriel, who was standing in the presence of God, who then left to give Zacharias and later Mary a message. We can read in the book of Acts where the apostle Paul, before that being Saul of Tarsus, how he received a heavenly vision on the road to Damascus. We can go through example after example after example and see where God either directly communicated to various individuals or peoples, or he indirectly did through visions and dreams and angels. But how does God communicate to us today? How do we hear God today? Should we expect God to give us a message directly? Should we wait on a, on a dream or a vision through which God would speak to us? Should we expect God to appear to us as He appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus? Should we do as Eli told Samuel to do and go and lie down and wait on the word of the Lord? Should we expect God to communicate to us through angels today as He has in time past? How do we hear God in the 21st century? Well, we've already talked about how God communicates to us, and He has through His written revelation. Is that the only way that God communicates to us today? You see, I believe this lesson is a very relevant lesson regarding how God communicates to us, and specifically, the all-sufficiency of Scripture. Well, the Bible tells us that God, that God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by His Son. So how does God speak to us today? Well, God speaks to us today through Jesus, His Son. He does not speak to us today through the Old Testament prophets, but He speaks to us today through His Son. And another contrast between the prophets of old and His Son, Jesus, when Peter, James, and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus was transfigured before them, Moses and Elijah also appeared and you remember what God said from heaven when He looked down? 
He said, this, not Moses, not Elijah, this, Jesus, is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. How does God communicate to us today? Through His Son, Jesus. We need to be very clear that God today speaks to man through Jesus. Jesus has all authority. All authority has been given to Him on heaven and on earth. You see, God does not speak to us today through Muhammad. God does not speak to us today through Joseph Smith or Ellen White or Mary Baker Eddy or the Catholic Pope. Jesus has all authority. Jesus speaks to us today indirectly, and we'll get to more of that in just a few moments. But we need to make the point very clearly that we need to hear what Jesus has to say because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way. Understand that we can hear God today by hearing Jesus, and we need to be very thankful that Jesus communicates to us indirectly but put emphasis on the fact that it is the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God, that communicates to us and gives us the Father's will. Peter said to Christ, you have the words of eternal life. There is a reason to listen to what Jesus has to say because Jesus said, the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. We need to hear very carefully what Jesus has to say. And unfortunately, there are too many people in this world, even who believe that Jesus is the Son of God, who are not hearing and listening and obeying what Jesus has to say. And they're not going to be ready for judgment when Jesus comes and judges us by His words. Just as someone who is going in to take a test that they've never studied for, they've never heard the material on, they never sat in class, they know nothing about the information that they're going to be tested over, is not going to be prepared for that test if you do not know the words of Jesus. If you have not read what Jesus had to say about how to obey Him and how to become one of His followers, then you're not going to be ready for the day of judgment when He comes back to judge the world. But the obvious question is, how do we hear Jesus today? Jesus is not physically here among us to speak to us today. And I can say with all truthfulness that Jesus has not come to me and told me exactly what to say. He has not come to me and revealed messages directly to me. Well, how do I know Jesus? How do I hear Jesus? How can I be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus? How do we hear Jesus today? Well, carefully note what Jesus prayed the night of His betrayal and before His crucifixion. He said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one in us, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Notice that Jesus prayed for believers who would come to believe in Him through, the text says, their word. The there refers back to those that He was praying for in verses 6 through 19, and that is His apostles. And He prays for believers who will believe in Him through their word. You see, some would come to know Jesus through the apostles' word. 
Earlier that night, Jesus had told His apostles, Most assuredly I say to you, He who receives whomever I send receives Me, and he who receives Me receives Him who sent Me. Jesus says, Those who receive those that I send receive Me. Well, how can we receive Jesus today? How can we hear the words of Christ today? By hearing what those had to say whom Jesus sent. Well, who did Jesus send? Well, later in the Gospel of John, we can read where Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And He was sending out the apostles on the Great Commission. Also recorded in Mark chapter 16 and verses 15 and 16 and Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20. Jesus said, If you receive those whom I send, you receive me. Who did He send out? Specifically, He sent out those who had been ministering with Him during His ministry. And notice that after the first gospel sermon was preached, after Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension up into heaven, notice the church understood they could understand the words of Christ by understanding what the apostles had to say. For in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, the early church continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Why did they do that? Because they understood that by abiding in the apostles' doctrine, they were abiding in the doctrine of Christ. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, We have this treasure in earthen vessels. As has been stated before, it is as if the apostles, when they were on the earth and they were preaching and teaching, they were walking New Testaments. The apostle Paul also made the statement in 1 Corinthians, or also wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, saying, God has revealed them to us, that is the mystery, the things that had not previously been revealed. God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And then he said, we have the mind of Christ. The apostles and the prophets of the New Testament had the mind of Christ. How can we hear Jesus today? By hearing what the apostles and prophets had to say. Well, again, the next obvious question is, if we hear God by hearing Jesus, and we hear Jesus by hearing what the apostles and prophets of the New Testament taught, then how do we hear them today? Because they're not here today. Kyle is not a New Testament apostle or prophet. I am not a New Testament apostle or prophet. I do not speak infallibly. You know, we mentioned earlier that the Bible is inspired and the Bible writers were inerrant. And one of the reasons you know that I am not is because we occasionally make blunders. We make mistakes. God is not miraculously speaking through us today, although we can read His Word and know what it has to say. Well, how do we understand, how do we know what the apostles doctrine is? How can we hear from them? Notice what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesus chapter 3, verses 3 and following. He said, By revelation He, referring to Christ, made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge and the mystery of Christ. Notice he said, As I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. You may understand those things which previously had not been revealed that are now being revealed, and you can understand them by reading what we wrote. Continue with me. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to His holy apostles and prophets. You see, we can hear God today by hearing Christ, and we need to understand Christ has all authority. 
He will judge us one day. It is so important to emphasize Jesus and His words and what He did for us. But we hear Jesus today by hearing those whom He sent, and we hear those, that is the apostles and prophets of the New Testament, by reading what they had to write, that which was recorded for us. Notice in his epistle to the Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians 5.27, Paul wrote, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. Read this epistle. Read what we have written. Paul had previously said that this was the word of the Lord. In Galatians, we read in chapter 1 and verse 12 that Paul received the truth through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul received this truth. And so we can hear God by hearing Jesus and Jesus by the apostles and know what the apostles said by reading what they wrote. And thankfully... And I believe providentially, the writings of the apostles have been preserved for us for nearly 2,000 years now. We have manuscript evidence, as we have pointed out in previous lectures and previous seminars, that far exceeds any other ancient historical book that was ever written. The last counting I read was something like there are 5,700 plus manuscripts in part or almost in, in almost whole of the New Testament far exceeds any of the manuscript evidence we have for other ancient books. And then we have early non-inspired writers who recorded over and over again, wrote down various passages of New Testament Scripture. They quoted what the apostles and the prophets had to say. You can read of the writings of Clement of Rome, of Ignatius, of Polycarp, Justin Martyr, and others who constantly quoted what the New Testament apostles and prophets wrote. We still have their words today. One scholar by the name of Bruce Metzger said, Indeed, so extensive are these citations that if all other sources for our knowledge of the text of the New Testament were destroyed, they would be sufficient alone in reconstructing practically the entire New Testament. That is, the quotations from early non-inspired speakers of what the New Testament had to say. Well, some might say, Well, Eric, I understand you're saying that we hear God today by hearing Jesus and Jesus through what the apostles taught and preached, and then we hear the apostles by what they wrote. But haven't others through the centuries also received revelation from God? Haven't others spoken on God's behalf since the first century? How do we answer these questions? I asked a class not too long ago of young people, how does God speak to us today? Through His Word, through His Word. Well, what is your reasoning behind that? Well that the Bible speaks for God. And that's true. The Bible is the Word of God. But what are some scriptures that we could turn to to help us understand that the apostles had this truth in the first century and they revealed it to those in the first century and they even wrote it down and it was sufficient truth even for us today in the 21st century. Well, recall in John chapter 16, again, the night of Jesus' betrayal and the night before His crucifixion, how Jesus told His apostles, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into some of that truth. He will guide you into a little bit of the truth that mankind will need to know in order to become a Christian. He said the Spirit will come and guide you, the apostles, into all truth. And then in John 14 and verse 26, we read where Jesus said, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Was there anything lacking there? 
Was the Spirit going to reveal to the apostles some of the things that mankind would need to know in order to how to become a Christian, in order to know how to become a Christian and live like Jesus would want them to live and be pleasing to God? Well, it was all going to be revealed to them. In fact, when Jesus sent them out on the Great Commission, He said, Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Not some of the things, but all the things. Notice that 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Peter said that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It was given nearly 2,000 years ago to the prophets and apostles of the first century. They had everything they needed to know how to get out of sin and how to, give their li how to get their lives right with God. They knew how to become a Christian and they had enough information to know how to live a good, godly life. And then Jude wrote to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Jude said that you were to contend, the Christians were to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. You see, just as a person will die once, Hebrews 9, 27. And just as Christ died once for the sins of many. Well, the faith, the body of truth that was given in the first century, it was given once for all in the first century, you see. The apostles had all of it, and they revealed those truths to men so that they might know 2,000 years ago what to do to be saved and how to live the Christian life. And a person today can return to that same truth and know See, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17. He said, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be... Now, notice this. That the man of God may be incomplete. No, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And that Scripture will make us complete. Open up your Bibles, if you will, to Acts chapter 8 for just a moment. We're going to look in Acts chapter 8, and we're going to see a few things, a few principles that help us to understand something else about God speaking to people today. Some people have stated, well, perhaps God speaks directly to non-Christians. What is your response to that? Maybe there are non-Christians out in the world today who need Jesus because He is the way. He has all authority. Everyone will be judged by His Word. So perhaps there are some in, in the far places of the world that God is directly communicating to and giving them the message. Well, one principle that you see in the book of Acts time and time again is that even non-Christians hear the Word of God through others. And you have three or four great examples right here in the book of Acts, beginning in Acts chapter 8. You recall the story in verse 26 of Acts 8, how God communicated to Philip how he was supposed to go and talk to one who was not yet a Christian. In Acts, 26, in Acts 8, 26, we read, Now an angel of the Lord spoke 
to Philip. In verse 29, we see that the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. He wanted to know, did this man know what he was reading? He was reading from the book of Isaiah. Isn't it interesting that here was a man who was not a Christian, who needed to become a Christian, and eventually did become a Christian, and yet God communicated to one of His prophets of the first century and said, Go and teach this non-Christian. If there was ever a time when God would have specifically told a non-Christian what to do in order to become a Christian, I believe it would be, had been either here in Acts 8 or perhaps in Acts chapter 9. When you recall, Saul was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. And a light shone down from heaven, a heavenly vision he received. The Lord appeared to Saul. And Saul wanted to know what he needed to do, and the Lord said what? Did the Lord tell him to confess your faith in me, to turn away from your sin and be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins? He said, go into Damascus. And there you will be told what you must do. And God used a man named Ananias to instruct Saul in how to become a Christian. You can turn your Bibles over to Acts chapter 10 and you can see where there was a man named Cornelius who was a devout man and God communicated to him. But He didn't tell him what to do to become a Christian. He told him to go send people, that is Cornelius, to, to Peter's house and bring Peter back and he would instruct you. And Peter received a vision and he understood that he was supposed to go to... Cornelius' house, and he did. Now, why didn't God just directly tell the eunuch what to do to be saved? Why didn't He just tell Saul while he had him, while he had his attention right there on the road to Damascus, why didn't He tell him what to do to be saved? Why did God not just tell Cornelius what to do to be saved? Why did He arrange for a person to go and teach another? Because that is how God works. You can look one chapter over in Acts chapter 11 verses 13 and 14, how when Peter gathered together in Jerusalem with various individuals, he said that he told us, that is Cornelius, told them, Peter and those with him, how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words. God said that Cornelius would be told words, notice this, by which you and your household will be saved. Why didn't God directly tell Cornelius what to do to be saved? Well, because God uses people to communicate His message. We read in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 and 14, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have believed? And how shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, let's stop there for a moment and realize that the Apostle Paul was not making the point there that all you need to do is say the sinner's prayer and you will be saved. Equating calling on the name of the Lord with the sinner's prayer is not what Scripture does. We know that from Acts chapter 2 when Peter quoted from the prophecy of Joel, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He told that to his listeners on that day and then... They asked him later, and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Had he previously told them? Yes, but in a more general sense. He then explained what he meant by non-Christians calling on the name of the Lord. They were to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. As Saul was in Acts 22.16 when he was told to arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. 
Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But notice there in Romans chapter 10, how shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The point is, they won't. People hear the gospel today through teachers and preachers of the writings of the apostles and prophets of the New Testament. But some might say, Eric, doesn't God speak directly to Christians today? Well, we've been through verses that answer that question. God gave the apostles and prophets of the New Testament all truth. The Spirit would teach them all things. He would bring to their remembrance all things. He told them, the writer Jude said, to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. God gave man all things that he needed in the first century, all things that pertain to life and godliness, which we can get from God's Word. You see, God's Word completes us. It thoroughly equips us. A person who does not have God's Word is not complete. He is not thoroughly equipped. And that was given and stated nearly 2,000 years ago. Man had that truth. If someone says today, well, God has communicated to me, I would quickly remind them that God would not communicate anything different than what God's Word already says. As Paul warned in Galatians chapter 1, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what, you have, than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. First of all, understand that all truth was given in the first century. We have ample passages that indicate that truth was given then. They had it, they wrote it down, and we have it through the Word of God today. And second, God's alleged revelation today to someone wouldn't say anything different, wouldn't be another revelation of a different kind than what was given in the New Testament. And Paul said, even we, or an angel from heaven, if we preach anything different, let him be accursed, let him be cut off without any hope. Some might say, well, I can't understand the Bible. I can't understand it without God directly explaining it to me. Well, we've already noticed in Romans chapter 10 that the preacher can't explain. The one who is taught in the Word of God, it doesn't, certainly doesn't have to be just a preacher, but someone who understands a passage can help someone else understand it who may not. Acts chapter 8, we have there an example of one who did not understand it. Did he declare, well, unless God directly communicates something to me, I cannot understand this passage? God sent Philip to him to help him understand that passage. Some might say, well, you can't hear God's direct revelation because you don't have enough faith. Have you ever heard that statement before? I would quickly remind that person that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so you have to have the Word of God before you can have faith anyway. Not only that, we have examples of Saul on the road to Damascus. He didn't believe that Christ was the Son of God. Obviously he didn't or he wouldn't have been persecuting the church. And yet God directly, He appeared to him and instructed him to go into Damascus and there he would be taught how to become a Christian, what he needed to do to get right with the Lord. You know, there are some people today who simply could be hearing God that are not hearing God. In fact, there are too many people this way. It seems to me that too many people are 
wanting some direct revelation from God or seeking the truth from some other source than the body of truth that God has given us and left us in the writings of the inspired apostles and prophets. And I wonder if some people are going to wind up in judgment one day wondering why God didn't directly communicate something to me. How would God respond to something like that? I heard a story one time of a gentleman who was in a rural southern Alabama town that began to be flooded. And he was at his house and the water began to come in his house and he got higher and higher and higher. And he began, as the story goes, he began praying to God that God would save him. Not long after that, a man came along in a boat and said, don't you want to be rescued from this flood that we're having? And the man said, no, I've prayed to God and believe He'll save me. A little later, the man climbed up to his rooftop. Two more boats came by, a helicopter came by and asked if he wanted to be rescued. And he said that he had been praying to God that God would save him. And as the story goes, as you can imagine, he appeared before God on Judgment Day and he asked God, why didn't you save me? And God said, I tried. I sent three boats and a helicopter. Well, that's a feeble illustration or story to help us understand that someone may be claiming that they need a direct revelation from God, but the fact is God has communicated wonderfully to us through His written Word that we can have, that we can have, that we can possess. Kyle talked earlier in this seminar series about how many copies of Scripture there are in the world. In many places of the world, the problem is not, can I get access to a copy of God's Word? It is, am I reading God's Word? Am I allowing God to communicate to me? Are you hearing God in the 21st century? Is God speaking to you? Well, He's not speaking to you directly, but He is speaking indirectly to you through the Word of God. And we hope and we pray that you will open up that Word and you will study that Word and that you will cherish that Word. And whether you are here today in this audience or watching this lesson on DVD, our prayer is that you will take that Word and with a, an honest and good heart, you will apply that Word to your life and that you will cherish it and that one of the ways you will show God that you love Him is by spending time reading it and meditating upon the words of God, the words of life, the words that we have for us today in the 21st century.